When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. We are back. Another week, another episode. (laughs) We're here. You guys have no idea what time it is. You have no idea what time it is. You have no idea what we've gone through um, to get this episode to you. It is 1.26 a.m. It just turned 1.27 when you said that. Amazing. (laughs) Um, It's... Oh, so, my phone is not up to date. My okay. phone is still at 1.26 a.m. Well, your phone Apple is a liar is and a, a cheat. Liar. I mean, I'm looking at my MacBook when I say that. Okay, well, you know what? So, Apple, get your story straight. Which this is, is it? This is why I'm always It's now 1.28 a.m. Does it still say 1.26 for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I kind of like that because I love being early to things. So that keeps me, you know, it's two minutes behind. Yeah, that would make you late. No, wait. Well, yes, it would. Because if it's actually 128 and you think it's 126, that makes you late. I guess. Whatever. It's, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now it's 127 on my phone. <laughs> so you need to actually make your phone be ahead if I'm you... still always early to everything, so it's fine, but that's really weird. That's like, my phone has been doing this since I got back from Mexico. Do you remember when my phone a few months ago was like two hours ahead for a week and I just didn't know? Yeah. I was just showing up places just <laughs> two re- hours like early. two hours early and no one was saying anything. <laughs> Until someone at work was like, why are you here? I Like, I just... I love that in order for that to have been possible, you have to have no other clocks in your life. I don't. I only use my phone. You've seen the like the clock on my stove. I don't even know if that works. Uh-huh. It's like, it's an, you know, old clock. Um, my computer, but my computer clock is also not correct. <laughs> so I use my phone. Yeah. You're just running on Nika time. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. We should get you a watch. Ooh, that would be so cunt. I don't know how to read a watch. Like, I don't know how to read those kinds of... You don't know how to read analog clocks? No. Wait, like, do you really not? Like, I do, but it takes so long for my brain to, like, you know, fit. it's like doing a math equation. Wait, what? Like, I know what the hands mean. It's like, I can, but it just, it's it's so <laughs> much work. That I'm like, it's why? It's not any work. It's so much work. It's literally not it's work. It's literally at all. so much work. I would rather just look at a digital clock. Wait, so, how did you know what time it was when you were like in school? I've gone, well, I don't, because they taught, like, I know, but it just takes my brain longer to have to look at that. You know, I just, I want to be able to look you at You don't a have the, clock. like, the, it just memorized? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> what I, I'm like literally flabbergasted. Okay, well there is a lot about me that would flabbergast you. <laughs> I cannot believe. Yeah. Okay, well I get this speech all the time from people about how I just need to 
um, get over it and learn stick shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would I do that when I have been living perfectly fine without driving stick shift? But ultimately, one day, I'm going to be the only sober person, and that's going to be the only car that's available to drive, and someone's going to need to go to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> I've played this out in my head. All right. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, um, you know, one day... You're going to be the only person present for a birth, and we're not going to know this kid's birth chart. I thank God. And then we'll all get over our astrology addiction. Bless. Mika, don't you dare. Don't you bless, dare say something like that. Bless. I'm over astrology. I don't believe in it. Just kidding. That's literally so not true. I mean, I don't know that I believe in it, but I love to believe in it. You know, that's like where I'm at with astrology. I'm like, it's bullshit. But it makes sense. So let's keep going. So which is it? What's the truth? I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is about anything these days. There is no truth. <laughs> okay. Literally, Nika's depression has gotten so bad that she's saying things that she doesn't believe in astrology. So send help, everybody. <laughs> this, is, this is more serious than I thought. <laughs> Her nihilism has gotten to the point of saying things like astrology might be bullshit. Um, so I, this is really beyond my expertise. I don't even know what to do at this point. You have no idea. (laughs) I'm feeling very that Joan Didion quote that I used as an Instagram caption this week. Ugh, you never want to be feeling like some Joan Didion quote, I'll tell you that. No, you don't. Um, (laughs) Well, unless it's like about like falling in love with New York, in which case like, sure. Um, (laughs) but not this one. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I've been feeling. How have you been feeling? I'm fine. Great. <laughs> I love that. I am medicated and generally, like, detached, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Just, like, detached from, um, like, my general MO of attaching my entire state of being to whatever emotion I'm feeling mm-hmm. is... um has less of a chokehold on me mm-hmm. and I'm, I have a better, I'm, I'm having an easier time observing my emotions as if they're the weather, mm-hmm. just an experience I'm having mm-hmm. that's passing on by. Yeah. Sometimes weather lasts a while. Sometimes winters are cold and winters are long, but yeah. a cold, long winter has nothing to do with who you are as a person. For sure. And I'm kind of just like, that's my, that's my um, where I've been as of late. That's not to say that that'll be forever, but I will say that that is like um, a very lovely benefit that I am attributing to my newly medicated life. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that newly. It's been like two months now, but mm-hmm. still, I'm still in the adjustment period. So who knows? Um but right now, that's how that is treating me. I love that. Physically mm-hmm. is another can of worms entirely. Mm-hmm. I'm still um, getting over uh, an ailment, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, that really hit me like a bus out of nowhere. I'm wondering how, like, how sick I was feeling on the day of our live show, which shout out to our live show, we did that shit. We did. Shout um, out. but on the day of our live show, mm-hmm. 
I assume I was already starting to get sick, but the adrenaline of needing to do this fucking show um, completely hid those symptoms from me until literally the second I got off stage Mm -hmm. is when I was like, "Mm, I don't feel good. Yeah. And um, then that night in the like 12 ish hours of the next day, I had like a horrible fever and a horrible pounding, throbbing headache and body aches and chills Mm. and like cold sweats and the whole fucking nine yards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, I this is when it happens. I have covid now. I got to tell everyone I have covid. I got to cancel all my plans for the next week. Yada, yada, yada. And I sent some, like, warning texts to a few people where I'm like, hey, haven't gotten my test back yet, but it's not looking good. Um, and I just false alarmed everybody because then I went to urgent care to get tested. And I also asked them to, to test me for strep. And while looking in my throat, they were like, well, it's not strep because it's not viral, but you do have a bacterial infection in your throat. And that's why you have a fever and why your body is, like, attacking you right now. Yeah, you actually gave me really, you gave me inspiration when you had strep. Or you told me, or, or you didn't have strep, but when you told me that you thought that you might have strep. Yeah. I used that to get out of plans. Because I was too <laughs> embarrassed to tell a friend of ours that I was actually just simply too depressed to come to the plans that we had. So I woke up and said that I had strep throat. <laughs> Um, hey bestie absolutely Um, if you're listening I love you so much I'm sorry I lied to you well I it just really gave me flashbacks to the time that I thought I had chlamydia because Mm. a doctor looked in my pussy and told me I had chlamydia yes Um, she was like oh just by looking at this I can tell you have chlamydia and she gave me the antibiotics for it, mm-hmm. but still went like tested the swab that she took and was like, I'll send you these test results in a couple of days. And then she called me a couple of days later and was like, so it wasn't chlamydia, but you just had a really gnarly, nasty, disgusting <laughs> yeast infection. <laughs> and by this point, I had already told all my sexual partners that I had chlamydia <laughs> and I had to circle back and be like, so I don't have chlamydia. I'm just gross. <laughs> All on my own. And that's how I felt about um, telling all my friends that even though I was sick, it wasn't contagious. Because whatever was going on in my throat was just my own disgusting body. And not a virus of any kind. I love that. So it really just felt like memory lane for me. Um, So now I'm on antibiotics. And, um, you know, my voice comes in and out but i'm not i don't have a fever anymore well thank god for that and yeah thank god for that and i no longer have that yeast infection from several years ago <laughs> thank just, god for that <laughs> as well to tie all the loose ends of that story together um i'm on the mend yeah i've yet to get a yeast infection i but I, god boy did i have just bacterial vaginosis kind of constantly when I first had a pussy and that was just truly horrible. And I too was told that it was, um, they told me that it was, I forget what STI. They told me it was an STI and then they gave me antibiotics and then it went, you know, it went away. All, all the symptoms went away. But then as soon as I stopped the antibiotics, it all came back. So I went back and I was like, 
what is the deal? And they were like, oh, no, you just have bacterial vaginosis. Sorry. Um, Figure that one out. That was terrible. For like a year, this kept happening after I got a pussy. Interesting. It was truly... How did you... How did they fix it? They didn't. It ended up just going away because I started taking like capsules or whatever for a pH balance. I started taking those and I've never had it again. I take those every day. You still take them? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I just had really fucked up pH levels. Huh. Yeah. I've had my fair share of UTIs and yeast infections. And um, never again, never again am I treating anything with cranberry juice. Sorry to any of our holistic besties listening, but get get on antibiotics. Yeah, I'm not holistic. I mean, antibiotic. (laughs) I mean, that much is clear. You don't even believe in astrology anymore. My God. No, I don't. Then I never want to hear again that, like, you're excited that a Pisces or a Taurus is paying attention to you. Okay, first of all, I didn't say that I was excited that a Pisces was paying attention to me. I just said that there was a hot Pisces. I said there was a hot Pisces in my DMs, and I just think that Pisces are hot. But, whatever. (laughs) Um, Truly don't want to hear it. Astrology is fake, but Pisces and Taurus men are so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And if that makes me a contrarian, so be it. I contain multitudes. What do you think contrarian means? I don't really know. I (laughs) honestly don't care. But um, Maggie Smith does say on Downton Abbey that she's a woman, so she's allowed to be as contrarian as she wants. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what that means, but I agree with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean holding opposing opinions at the same time. Great. I just uh, to me, it does. Just to check in on that. To me, it does. Okay. Um, great. See, now saying that makes you a contrarian. Kind great. of. Also makes you wrong, but. I'm never wrong because to me, I'm always right. And that's a very contrarian um, opinion to hold. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a longer road, but we got there eventually. You are a contrarian. And you know what? I was never here to deny that you're a contrarian. You definitely are one. That just wasn't the reason. Well, I mean, all Aquariuses are contrarians. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay, so what was that? An astrological belief that you hold? You know. Okay, let's move on. Let's segment. <laughs> I can't with this anymore. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. I can go first if you want me to go first. Go first. <laughs> For sure. Go first. Okay. My mistake this week. Um, I mean, not so much a mistake so much as an unfortunate thing that just happens sometimes and it happened to me. I got a flat tire on a very busy Ugh. highway and it was very scary and um, inconvenient, but was so grateful that I was in the car with the people that I was in the car with because I was like, if this were me and Nika on one of our solo I road trips. I was so glad I wasn't there when I saw <laughs> we would the have stories. Fucked. Yeah, I was like, wow, thank God. Glad <laughs> they figured it out. So happy I was not there. <laughs> None um, of my business. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt and I was there. <laughs> and it was my car. I was actually just very relieved that for once there was like a major 
inconvenience slash emergency happening that I was not the one immediately having to like delegate and navigate mm-hmm. and all of that shit. Like I literally like pulled over, put my hazard lights on and like I was wearing a crop top that was very easily bl- like blowing up in the wind. So I was like, oh, I need to put a crop or I need to put a sweatshirt over this crop top if I'm going to be like next to the highway where all these cars are driving by and like blowing my crop top up <laughs> over and over again. And in the time it took me to put on a sweatshirt over my crop top, the people I was with had already like unloaded the trunk, like popped open the compartment where the spare tire was, like pulled out the spare tire, pulled out all the parts and like were already like pulled up a YouTube tutorial on how to change a tire. Gorgeous. And they were already just doing it. And I was like, I just put on, all I did was put on a sweatshirt and (laughs) you have already like accomplished this. Um, And so I ended up feeling very useless. Mm. And so I just took pictures and videos of the whole thing. Because I thought our friend (laughs) Siler, I thought our friend Siler looked really hot while he was changing the tire. Um, and he does go to his Instagram. Siler says, if you want to see the reel he posted of him yes. changing the tire, um, really sexy stuff, if I do say so myself. But um, yeah, I mean, I was just I can't believe I I just couldn't believe it. I was like three queers on the side of the highway, all of us in crop tops. And we got this thing done. Can't mm-hmm. believe it. My keepsake is mm-hmm. um, the trip that we were driving back from. I had a lovely time in D.C. this past weekend with a bunch of our friends. And my keepsake is just that D.C. is a really fucking fun, cool city. And I've been there a couple of times before, but I've never really spent time there, like, partying and, like, Mm -hmm. being out on the town and just enjoying what the city has to offer. And it's a fucking weird city. It's weird that it doesn't belong to a state and that it's just a city. That's like that is very strange. And like it's really weird to be like on ketamine at the club and just remember that you're in the same city that like Joe Biden is in right now. <laughs> like that's a, a strange constant thing. Yeah. Um, And it's like strange to like think about how more than half the people that you're partying with all, like, work for the government or, like, are in the military. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, like, there are things about it that are very bizarre. Yeah. Um. But all that being said, it's also, like, a fucking really cool city with, like, a lot of, like, um, cultural intersections that make for a vibrant interesting fun community mm-hmm. like you know places like portland love to be like we're weird but like you're not weird if everyone is weird yeah and new york is like the weird like a perfect combination of like really bizarre people and really normal people but they're in like equal measure mm-hmm. so neither is ever the star of the show yes um and dc is primary primarily normies um but like mostly progressive normies so they're not like hateful um they're just gonna stare Mm -hmm. but in a supportive way yeah or they'll like compliment your outfit as a way to just kind of mention your outfit as the elephant in the room Mm -hmm. it's like is this a compliment or did you just you needed to you needed to acknowledge the outfit 
so that you could just get it out of your head. You know yeah, what I mean? I do. Do you actually like it? I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but keepsake DC fucking rules. I can't wait to spend more time in DC. And if anybody listening lives in DC, Nika and I are both performing on a comedy show. Yes. Um, I want to say June twelfth. Twelfth. Yeah. At Saint Vincent Wines. Um, at like two p.m. It's like a brunch oh, comedy cool. show. Oh, cool! I did not know that detail. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And then we're gonna go party at Flower Factory afterwards. Thank God! I was really hoping that it wasn't, and then like it wasn't Flower Factory, and then no, the no, comedy no. Show. We're comedy show. We're doing comedy show, then Flower Factory. We're comedy showing, and then we're flower factoring. Yes, great. Yes, great, great. great. Um, so in love- during Capital Pride, come hang out with us in DC. Do it. I love that. Um, my hot take. Okay, this is kind of more of a lukewarm take at this point mm. because it was more something that was going on last week. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's an evergreen take because um, Elon Musk never r- relents. But my hot take is that I think that a lot of rich people became rich or like pursued richness because um, they wanted to fill the void of human love mm. with money and uh-huh. In addition to that, even buy human love with their money. And like there's for a long time, money and success impressed people and would like mm-hmm. make you popular. And now um, people hate rich people and in fact are completely unimpressed by achievement mm-hmm. in that realm. And so I think Elon Musk is um, maybe the mo- the one that's being the, the loudest about it in like a tweeting about it and like making grand public statements about it kind of way. But I think he is representative of how a lot of billionaires feel right now, which they're mad at us for them not um, being able to buy our love. Mm. They're like throwing a hissy fit. Because they thought that, like, being rich would make them cool and popular. Mm -hmm. And now they're even more unpopular than when they were just, like, dweebs that were hated in school. Because now they're seen as, like, straight up evil and Mm. not just uncool. And they're like, hey, what's the fucking deal? I thought that this would make me cool and likable. And ultimately, like, that means that we're dealing with extremely different stakes as to why we don't like each other. Like, the rich people don't like us because we don't love them. And we don't like them because they have the money to save the world, but they are instead choosing to just let people die. Um, so, yeah, my hot take is that they're all a bunch of big babies. I agree with that. Yeah. But mostly Elon Musk because he's the one who's being the most, like, loud about his baby, his, his <laughs> whining. He's like, it's... It's mean to call people like to use billionaire as an insult. It's like, get over it. Get over it. Grow up. We're describing you accurately. Are you not a billionaire? Touch grass. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, if you're hearing it, if it's hitting your ear as an insult, sit with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. So yeah, that this that hot take goes out to Elon Musk. I know you're listening to the pod. So grow up. <laughs> Grow up, Elon, and come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk, come on, come the, on pod. the pod. Um, my mistake 
is just that, I mean, like, I have been so, 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 so depressed. Insert that Veep clip scene of her saying that she's not depressed. She's just in a thick, dark fog. Um, (laughs) I have been so depressed since getting back from our trip. So we are now going on, like, one month nearly of being depressed. Um which is like kind of the longest I've been depressed in quite a while without a break. Um, And because I have not been this depressed since, honestly, like before I moved here, it has put me in a place mentally where I have been kind of like psyching myself out and have, like, convinced myself that, like, this version of me right now is actually who I've always been, and that the, like, happier version of me that's been kind of more present while I've been living in New York, not to say that, like, I haven't been depressed because I have, I'm bipolar, but that, like, the happier-go-lucky, seek-joy version of me um, was actually, like a um form of like escapism or like a facade like not actually me um I was like playing like a part um and the mistake itself is that I have like been kind of repeating this version of reality to myself over and over again in the last week um while I have kind of just been I wouldn't say self-isolating, but just kind of, like, spending a lot of time alone, both because, like, most of my friends were traveling over the weekend and throughout the week and because I just didn't feel like hanging out. Um, But, yeah, so that has, like, definitely, you know, that has been a mistake. Um, And I don't really know what the solution is, but, um, like, definitely just kind of telling myself a version of events that like probably are not actually 100% accurate or true um my keepsake is that while everyone was either in Detroit for movement or DC for Memorial Day weekend um it was very like the leftovers vibes in New York Uh um I've never watched that show but like you know, I assume that, that one can assume one can assume one can surmise um it was very that and so some of our close friends had a beach day on Memorial Day and I went um and I didn't do anything all weekend because I like was just taking time to kind of do me <laughs> for the aforementioned reason because you were uh, depressed because I was depressed uh-huh. Um, take, I want everyone listening to this episode to take a shot every time, I, or do a bump if you imbibe or do drugs every time that I... Or, like, I, drop and do 20 push-ups if you're, like, trying to... I want listen to the last four episodes, and every time that I talk about being depressed, you have to do either 20 push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, a bump, or a shot. Um, and if you're doing push-ups or sit-ups, it'll grow up. Um, anyway, 
we went to give people options so that we're not just forcing people to take shots and no absolutely i agree i'm just like (laughs) i don't know do like do your estrogen do 20 estrogen shots (laughs) not that we hear best mistakes do not advise that uh live live life on the edge um anyway i went to the beach with our friends which was like a very sweet day um it was you know the season opener um, but like the, the actual keepsake is that one of our very close friends who I, who we have both been friends with for a while now, um, is someone that I have not always, I have never felt like I have reached the level of emotional intimacy with them that I have with some of my other close friends, which like, honestly, most people, I have not reached the level of intimacy that I have with like you and like literally three other friends mm-hmm. um i keep it pretty i keep the circle pretty tight um with who i show like all of my crazy to <laughs> um and yeah just four friends and all of our listeners listen they're not even getting all no, of it i know <laughs> as a keeper of your crazies i know if you guys think this is bad <laughs> You have literally no idea. This is me. Um, this is like Nika depressed light. Um, diet depressed. Anyway, we just like had a day of like bonding in a way that was very special. And like it was a long time coming. Um, and we just ended up hanging out after spending all day at the beach. Kind of, you know, processing our emotions about like various different things that have been bothering us um in like our own our own lives um like separate of our friendship um and ended the night um just like getting much closer which was sweet i opened up to them in a way that i never have before um which is like not very easy for me to do um i'm like we're so vulnerable on this podcast but being like actually like fully 110 percent vulnerable is not something i'm like good at doing with a lot of people but i did it with them and that was very sweet so that was a keepsake um i love my friends i have very good supportive loving smart cool hot sexy chic friends um okay here's my hot take actually um if you are a queer uh like centered and like run um therapy or psychotherapy or psychiatry practice um i just don't think that your sliding scale prices especially during pride month (laughs) should be 115 to 125 dollars and i'm literally not like subtweeting any one specific person I wish that I was. It's actually kind of sad that, like, I'm not. And that this is just, like, everyone. Um, Yeah, I just don't know, like, in what universe that is considered affordable for specifically, like, really for anyone, but specifically queer people. I just don't, I don't get it. I think it's psycho. Um, And I'm kind of tired of the very, like, blasé emails that I receive from these practices (laughs) as though that is not like a truly psychotic thing to ask of me. I don't really get it. I think that it's fucking crazy. Um, And like, I know that everyone's hands are tied, including mental health professionals, because we live in truly like the worst place on earth when it comes to this healthcare system. 
but it's just like psychotic. And, and you and I live in the best place. In yeah, that worst place in on that earth. worst place on earth, and, and it's still fucking horrible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just kind of like chew on that for a minute, or don't, because that's like just so depressing. <laughs> but that's my hot take. Just like chew on that, then spit it out. And spit it right out, and then go chew on something sweet and yummy, like our freedom. Yeah. Freest um, country in the world. Freest country. LOL. In the world. Yeah, I mean, you know, freedom of speech is a gorgeous <laughs> thing. Fuck up of the week. Fuck up of the week. I mean, and maybe this is what will finally get us canceled. Um, the. Uh, can we bleep out? his name actually let's do let's do that just for just for giggles um well lord knows that if you don't name him is when you get a defamation lawsuit when you don't name him yeah that's what she got sued over she didn't name him how is that that makes no sense (laughs) yeah welcome welcome bestie i mean i've like not been following the case i I didn't follow the case at all until today yeah like i i followed the verdict of it Anyway, if you don't know, Johnny Depp just successfully sued um, his ex-wife, right? Or ex-girlfriend. Ex-wife? Ex. Ex. His ex, Amber Heard, for defamation for a 2018 article that she wrote about being abused by him. Well, about being abused. About being abused, yes. But it was... she never named him. Yes. Um... And, yeah, so that, um, and that has been all over the media because he and his team insisted on the trial being televised because their argument was that it was the only way for him to get his life back and to be redeemed because she had, like, ruined his life and his reputation, like, via that article, even though she doesn't name him. Um, and he won, but, like, the weird, like, the fucked up part that no one, that, you know, none of his, like, weird, crazy fucking stands we're talking about is that she won her own defamation case against him in London, or in the UK, so it's, like, it's just very, it's strange, it's bleak, it's sad, because it's, like, just set a precedent now for more abusers, men specifically, IMO, um, to be able to, like, silence their victims. Even, like, I mean, really, the pres- there was, like, a tweet that was, like, I hope everyone realized that the precedent that has just been set is that um, abusers can silence their victims even when their victims don't even name them while speaking about their yeah. trauma. Yeah. Um and yeah, a lot of people are saying that what's coming down the pike next is Marilyn Manson yes, and Evan, and Rachel, Wood. Evan Rachel Wood and cuz he is famously best friends with Johnny Depp. Lord help me. Oh my god, Lord help me. If anything happens to Evan Rachel Wood, I and will be throwing hands, it's okay? It's just, like, really disgusting. And, like, somebody tweeted today, they were, like, honestly, like, it's so fucking, like, wild to see, 
like, you know, millennials and Gen Z talk about, like, make fun of, like, their grandparents and, like, boomer parents for, like, believing fake news on Facebook when they literally just believed, like, all of this misinformation that was, like, literally, like, parroted and, like, sent out by, like, right-wing interest groups, like, paid for by right-wing interest groups to smear Amber Heard. Like, it's just, it's, like, a proven fact Mm. that, like, this is what happened. And all of these people believed it and, like, think that they're, like, you know, these fucking TikTok girlies thinking that they're, like, true crime detectives and, like, we know what's up. Like, we're glad it was televised because we got to know the facts. And it's, like, no, bitch. You, like, literally, you're, like, all fools. Like, Johnny Depp's team poured so much money into... This being the outcome, you were just spoon-fed propaganda. Yeah. That's all that happened. You're not intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, go off, for sure. I also just want to, because I, like, made a claim, I want to back it up with an actual source, but my like, claim about, like, you know, interest groups pouring money into spreading this, like, anti-Amber Heard, pro-Johnny Depp propaganda um, comes from many articles, but the one that I originally read was one from Vice, um that was published last month in may and i'll just like read the first paragraph of it but it says the daily wire spent tens of thousands of dollars promoting misleading news about the johnny depp and amber heard trial on social media the citizens and vice world news can both reveal the conservative outlet founded by ben shapiro is currently the second most popular news publisher on facebook it has so far spent between $35,000 and $47,000 on Facebook and Instagram ads, promoting articles about the trial, eliciting some 4 million impressions. The majority of these ads promote one-sided articles and videos with a clear bias against Amber Heard. They are lar- largely promoted via the Facebook pages of high-profile conservative figures, including right-wing commentator Candace Owens. I feel like we are just so in an era right now. It feels, like, really weird because it's, like, the Me Too movement, like, just happened. And, like, you know, we famously both have had, like, harsh criticisms of the Me Too movement that I still stand by. But I, like, did not think that the pendulum would be swinging this way. Yeah. It's, like, I thought it was going to go somewhere else. And now it's, like, swinging in a way that is, like, so deeply... Unfeminist and conservative. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, this is very obviously in response to the Me Too movement. But it's like, like, it's, I feel like it's girls that like were me, like Me Too feminists like three years ago are like now like Johnny Depp stands. Yeah. It's real, it's like very weird. And it's not weird. It makes sense. It's like fucked up, but I understand, like, I can connect the dots. But it's very strange. I mean, it's like, it reminds me of that tweet that I posted tonight on my story. Posted this from Jessica DeFino, who I think is a journalist. Um, But she tweeted, uh, The Depp Heard verdict and the abortion bans and the pro on a TikToks and the submissive trad wife content and the I don't want to think, I just want to be hot bimbo comeback and Kim Kardashian telling the New York Times that she would eat literal shit, which... She said this in the New York Times this week. If it made her look young or all connected, they all send the same message. There's only one way to be a woman in this country. To give up, to shut up, to shrink, to be property, an object, a plaything. To empty your head and surrender your body to the state until it kills you. I don't, like, know that I, like, totally agree with, like, the last part of that. Um, But I do agree with, like, the crux of that tweet, which is that, like, 
all of this shit is connected right now in terms of like this like weird like consumerist like submissive like no thoughts head empty that like started as a joke but is now becoming like I feel like it's like a new women's culture it's like its own movement yeah and it's weird I feel like um like I have no thoughts because my head is empty mm-hmm. um I'm just kidding um it's no it's nuts it's great that's your brand of feminism because that's my brand of, fe- of feminism yeah i'm like fuck is it like my responsibility to like start claiming being a feminist again and like being like the right one but also no i'm just like i don't actually want to claim that anytime soon um it's actually very feminist to not be a feminist um there's nothing more feminist than not being one um yes yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm such a feminist. I've been, like, literally calling myself a feminist since I was 12 and, like, reading, doing the work and reading the books. Yeah, but you just want to be a contrarian. No, I just, like, I honestly, just as a trans woman, like, don't really feel like there's a lot of space for, like, trans women and sex. You know, we've talked about this. Like, yeah. There's not enough space in mainstream feminism or even in, like, not even mainstream feminism in most feminist circles yeah. for sex workers and trans women yeah. and black women. You know, and there's not, black feminism. I'm not in the business of, like, fixing feminism. Yeah, I don't care. Like, that's not... <laughs> the ERA is for not me, getting the, passed. The issues, the issues I care about are more important than feminism being, like, yeah, well, more inclusive. I know, like, it's like no- I don't really need to, like, renovate this house that's falling in on itself. No, same. I'm going to just try to build uh, my house over here. Same. But good luck yeah. with your op-eds. Um, and good luck with your defamation suits when those op-eds <sighs> get... Um, your rights as a woman taken away from you. Um, Amber Heard, we stand with you. <laughs> this podcast stands with Amber Heard. Amber Heard, come on the pod. Okay, Amber Heard, come <laughs> on the pod, but maybe don't. Maybe lay low from talking about anything for a while. Yeah, I'm sure she will. But when you're ready to talk, Best Mistakes will be here to give you that platform. <laughs> yeah, the platform that you so desperately are looking for. Honestly, she best might mistakes, be. Best Mistakes. The besties would have her back. Best Mistakes is is willing to give her the platform with the fewest eyes and ears on it that she is looking for. Yeah. You know, it's not the Washington Post. Johnny Depp won't hear a word you say on here, Amber Heard. Your your words Amber, are safe here on Best Mistakes. L- tell your people to get in touch with our people. We love you. We love you so much. Well, I mean, I don't really know you. I don't know you, but I thought <laughs> you seem nice. I bet I would love you. Yeah. Um. Back in the Tumblr days, I, I knew nothing about her. I was a. Oh, really? Really. I know she's an actress, but I don't know what she's been in. I don't oh my know. god! I was a I was a big Amber Heard fan for a long time. She was one of the first. Okay, you know what's also kind of fucking weird? Mm. Um, she was one of the first like celebrities back in the day of like early 2010s when like people were coming out as bi and pansexual Mm -hmm. she was one of the first major celebrities to do that and um so is evan rachel wood oh wow and evan rachel wood is also being sued by her abusive ex for defamation by her allegedly abusive ex speaking of bisexuality is you see that Nicole Kidman? Yes. I mean, I don't know if it's like the first time she's come out, but she you know she came out as bisexual this week and said that she and Naomi Watts, uh-huh. who have been best friends for uh-huh. like over twenty years, have had an on again, off again 
sexual relationship uh-huh. for the last 13 years. Yep. I did see that. That is so that, um, I love. You know, we, we don't... Um, we have the cultural fuck up of the week each episode. We don't have the cultural keepsake of the week. And maybe we need that. And that is maybe our um, cultural keepsake yeah. this week. Is that Nicole Kidman, certified member of the LGBTQ community. Yes. Um, the missing puzzle piece. Maybe now we'll finally all get along. Yeah. Happy to leave the bisexual news at that. And <laughs> um, sorry... Thoughts and prayers to Amber Heard at this time. Yeah, we love you. I, I, I just don't know you. I'm sorry. But I feel for you. We we have I used to reblog love your, for you. I, I used to reblog your like really hot editorial shoots on Tumblr. I, I'll say that. I love you. I don't know you. Anya doesn't know you. But, but you're beautiful but and... Smart. I love you because you're a woman. And, and that's I, feminism. And I love all my sisters. <laughs> Even my sisters and not just my sisters. Absolutely. And that's... Listen carefully to the spelling of those two words. <laughs> and that's pride, baby. <laughs> that's what Pride Month is all about. Okay. Listener mistake. Listener mistakes. This mistake comes from Lance. Hi, Lance. Um, I will be including the compliment that this person includes at the beginning of this email because it made me feel good to read. The podcast has been on a real tear recently. Great work. Um, obviously not including the two weeks in a row that our episodes have been a week late. But the content definitely has been on a tear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and you know, Mercury has been retrograding and Nika's depressed. So give us a fucking break. Yeah. Literally yeah. not one person has given us shit for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so this mistake is from Burning Man. Mistake number one going at all. Um, it was my fourth <laughs> year attending. Woof. And I was going hard. It was the night when we set the man on fire and I was putting every drug I could find into my body. Unfortunately, since I had been doing so many drugs all week long, nothing was really hitting me. I felt like I needed something new, so I asked around to see if anyone had anything I hadn't done yet. One guy had this research chemical whose name I have long since forgotten. Ugh, been there. Um, I only remember that it was some kind of mescaline deriv derivative and that it greatly enhanced physical sensations. I traded the remainder of my mushrooms for two capsules and immediately drowned them. <laughs> I was getting clo it, it was getting close to sunset, so everyone in camp gathered up, and we walked the mile or so to the center of the playa to watch the man burn. My camp was full of veteran burners who felt the man burn was an important time of renewal and the start of a new spiritual year. It was extremely important that we were there to watch from the moment the man was first set on fire until it fully collapsed. Now, something that isn't immediately obvious to someone who has never attended Burning Man is that it can take a very long time for the man to burn. It goes up quick, but it can take up to an hour for the whole thing to collapse. This year in particular, it took an extremely long time for the man to fall. In that time, the new research chemical had fully taken effect. 
It felt like someone had plugged every physical sensation in my body um, or every physical sensation my body was experiencing into an amplifier and turned them all up to 11. At first, I was enjoying the way I was really feeling the night wind on my face, the distant heat from the enormous fire, and the embraces of my campmates as we all celebrated the burn. But soon, I realized there was another sensation creeping in, the need to go to the bathroom. That quickly became the only thing I could feel, and it was agonizing. The man was stubbornly not collapsing yet, and I became very aware of the fact that we were a good 20-minute hike from the nearest porta potty I also realized that if I set off to the porta potty alone, it would be impossible to find everyone again in the tens of thousands of people watching the burn. Bring walkie-talkies next time, Lance. <laughs> um, so after what felt like an eternal wait with my bladder sounding off like a fire alarm inside of me, the last charred remnants of the man fully collapsed. I border collie corralled my campmates to a very fast-paced hike to the porta potties and felt relief at last. The rest of the night was fun, but the lessons I learned from that intensely unpleasant experience were that one, if you're doing a bunch of hard drugs and not feeling anything, it's okay to stop instead of piling on more. And two, if you're trying if you're going to try some completely new drug, it's better to do it in a place with climate control and an available bathroom. <laughs> Love Lance. Amazing. Um, yeah, simply have to agree. Yeah, I mean, all of that was fully a mistake. Um, <laughs> but your takeaway is true. Yeah. Definitely have, like, a game plan in action. Nika and I know better than anyone what it's like to need to use the bathroom because of a drug and no yeah. bathroom being around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. Consider yourself lucky that it was just pee that you were contending with. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to... Why didn't you just pee... My question is, why didn't you just pee there? Yeah, I guess I just don't know the... I don't get it. The Burning Man um Clearly you etiquette. were not on the trip that we were on. <laughs> yeah. They are not like that community. Because you could have just peed wherever. <laughs> you could like peed right yeah. there and no one said nothing. Yeah, it's really only shit that... Um, causes alarm like that in our community yeah and even that and people even would that... like forgive you for it <laughs> <laughs> they would like talk about it forever but uh, yeah they'd forgive you and a lot of people would probably like rally and help you figure it out for sure absolutely like as you're in the process of possibly shitting your pants <laughs> someone that you don't even know that well is there digging the hole for you to shit in you know totally um, so maybe surround yourself with better burners. <laughs> oh, yeah, like um, Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, next time, um, go to Burning Man with Elizabeth Holmes, and she'll be like, "You only need one drop of uh, pee uh, uh, to relieve your bladder." Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Do you have a deep dive? Yeah. Deep dive. Deep. Dive. So here's my deep dive. Um, so when I moved back to Providence in 2016, I um, in June of 2016, I moved into a studio apartment um, by myself in Providence. And 
I was freshly on hormones. I had started hormones in March of that year. And by the time that September rolled around, um, or by the time October had rolled around, all of my close friends that lived in Providence, which had been like my longest standing friends from high school, um, got exhausted with me and I successfully pushed them away and they stopped hanging out with me. And so I decided that I needed to go to therapy because I was quite depressed and I, trigger warning, suicidal ideation. (laughs) I was struggling with some pretty bad suicidal ideation because of this. I was feeling very isolated. I didn't want to be in Providence, etc. So I went and I looked up a therapist. I, you know, did my due diligence looking for a therapist that was dealing with, um, that would deal with queer queer patients and trans patients specifically. Um, and at this point, I wasn't diagnosed as anything yet. So I, I had no idea um, if I had a mental illness. I knew that I was depressed, but at that point in my life, I didn't yet understand, which this may sound like, what the fuck to some people. But at this point in my life, I didn't yet really understand that depression was, in fact, a mental illness. The way that, like, being bipolar or being schizophrenic or being borderline is. Like, I thought that it was, like, I knew that I was depressed and I hadn't been diagnosed, but I didn't really understand that it was, like, a clinical uh, mental illness. Uh-huh. So I wasn't really holding the appropriate space for it in in my brain. Um, so, yeah, so I wasn't diagnosed yet as anything. Had some inkling of being, you know, fucked up somehow (laughs) and went to this therapist and at this point in my life I also didn't want to be medicated I had weird backwards um opinions on meds and I was like very much a like 21 year old who believed that if I went on any kind of meds it would like effectively change me like for the worse and like numb me and I like wouldn't be like who I am it would like take away like my like the power of like who I am like this is who I'm supposed to be so I went to a holistic therapist so a few months down the line I'm sitting in a session with this holistic therapist and I tell her that I'm feeling really suicidal And I tell her that I have a plan that, you know, I describe the plan to her. And I tell her, I'm like, you know, this is freaking me out because I've had suicidal ideation since I was probably like 16, but it's never been this. I've never had a plan for more than like 45 minutes when I've like been like, you know, feeling some amount of like self-pity and this has been like a hyperfixation recurring thought for the last two weeks. So can you help me out? And my holistic therapist told me that um, I should get a um, salt lamp, <laughs> a pink Himalayan salt lamp, because it was in fact winter. And it sounded like I was suffering from the very easily curable seasonal affective disorder. Um, 
And I also want to add that this was not strike number one. This was, in fact, strike number three. Now, strike number one was when I started seeing her and I told her that I had been stealing clonopin <laughs> from a close friend and that it was exciting me to steal this clonopin and that that in itself was freaking me out because I was never someone who had stolen anything from people or had ever gotten any kind of rush stealing from people. And I also didn't like downers, but I was doing them a lot and I was stealing and Mm. I thought that it was fun. And she told me that it really didn't sound like a big deal. (laughs) And then strike number two was when I was sobbing about how hard it is to be trans, a trans woman. And she asked me if I could explain to her what was so difficult about being trans. <laughs> so this was strike number three. So I left that session. I walked up the street back to my apartment. That's how close my therapy was. And I never went back. I blocked her number. And then I was just like out of therapy for a year and a half. Um, and that to me is the ultimate mistake Um, is that it really set back my healing process, my mental health. Um, It really fucked me up and set me back in ways that, um, you know, it shouldn't have. I should have just found another therapist, but I kind of used that experience as an excuse to kind of just not go to therapy at all anymore and to kind of shut down. Um. And yeah, so I just like didn't go to therapy for a while, which was so stupid. But I will add that two and a half years later, I'm sitting in TF Green Airport at five in the morning waiting to board my flight to Florida to go see my mom. And I see a woman walking by with a giant circular suitcase that is has a multicolor tape on it to make it a peace sign. <laughs> and it's my therapist from um, three years ago, Kathleen. Um, Did you acknowledge each other? No, she was smiling about something just kind of in her own head. And I did not acknowledge her um, because I kind of wanted to kill her in that moment. (laughs) And you said that you went to a holistic therapist because you didn't want to go on medication at the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this relates. (laughs) (laughs) This relates to this week's mistake. Um, because much like you over identifying with something, um, about yourself and thinking that it is, um, a core part of who you are. And if you were to mitigate it in any way, you would be taking away what makes you so great. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this case, that would be you taking medication for your mental health. Yes. That relates to our founding fathers thinking that gun ownership (laughs) is such a intrinsic part of being an American that they cemented into the Constitution um, a single phrase that would forever make it nearly impossible to mitigate the negative parts of that part of our identity. Um, So today we're talking about 
the wording of the Second Amendment. Take us away. Best mistake. For those who might not know, the Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the United States of America. And it was created on September 17th, 1787. And it was ratified on June 21st, 1788. Um, The Constitution is actually like a pretty rad idea. And a lot of countries have followed suit and emulated the United States for the Constitution that um, it made back then. Um, Because the whole idea behind it is basically creating a you know, a law above all laws that um, makes it very hard and puts a lot of checks and balances into creating any new laws. And any new laws need to kind of fit the, um, this like outline. Um, It's, yeah, it's like a, it's like a um, rubric. (laughs) And the laws need to pass this rubric. And among like within the rubric is all the different people that need to sign off on each law. And basically the idea behind it is just so that it's impossible for a dictator to be born out of this form of government. Um, and the U S constitution is the oldest constitution that is still like currently in place. Um, and many countries, like I said, have sort of like used the United States Constitution as a outline for their own constitutions. Um, so originally it was comprised of seven articles. Um, it And it delineates the national frame of government. Its first three articles embody the doctrine of separation of powers, So the federal government is divided into three branches, the legislative, a.k.a. Congress, um, the executive, which is like the president and the subordinate officers, and the judicial, consisting of the Supreme Court and other federal courts. Articles 4, 5, and 6 embody concepts of federalism, describing the rights and responsibilities of state governments the states in relationship to the federal government, and the shared process of constitutional amendment. Article 7 establishes um, the procedures subsequently used by the 13 states at the time to ratify it. Um, And since the Constitution came into force in 1789, it has been um, amended 27 times between then and now. Um, In general, the first 10 amendments, known collectively as the Bill of Rights, offer specific protections of liberty, of individual liberty and justice, and place restrictions on the powers of the government. Um, And so what we what we came here to talk about today is the Second Amendment, which is among those those um, first 10 amendments and the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment, for some reason, the thing that we found second most important to mention in our amendments Mm -hmm. um, is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, 
So this amendment was added to the Bill of Rights in 1791 by James Madison and his little clique of anti-federalists as an amendment to the Constitution that provided a constitutional check on congressional power under Article 1, Section 8, to organize, arm, and discipline the federal militia. The Anti-Federalists did not like the forming of a new federal government, worrying it would have too much power over the states and become tyrannical, which, okay, T. Um, <laughs> not wrong, but like... No shade all T. <laughs> but like... It's just, it's like, you know, it's kind of like the insurrectionists where I'm like, it's not the insurrection itself I don't like. It's why you're doing it. Absolutely. That's sort of how I feel about these anti-federalists. I'm like, it's not the anti-federalism I don't like. It's why you're an anti-federalist or like what brought you here. I just feel like we're not on the same page. But fair enough to not be pro-federal power. So, in addition to checking federal power, the Second Amendment also provided state governments with what a man named Luther Martin, which, let's be honest, we've had enough iterations of that combination of names. Um, (laughs) But this particular Luther Martin is not the Martin Luthers we might be familiar with, just entirely different person. Um, But he described... um, He described the Second Amendment providing state governments with the last coup de grace that would enable the states to thwart and oppose the general government. Um, It also enshrined the ancient Florentine and Roman constitutional principle of civil and military virtue by making every citizen a soldier and every soldier a citizen. Yikes. I hate that. Hate that. Um, so the Second Amendment reflected the lingering resentment over the widespread efforts of the British to confiscate the colonists' firearms at the outbreak of the Revolutionary War. Um, Patrick Henry had rhetorically asked, shall we be stronger when we are totally disarmed and when the British guard shall be stationed in every house? Um, George Mason also argued the importance of the militia and the right to bear arms by reminding his um, compatriots of the British government's efforts to disarm the people, that it was the best and most effectual way to enslave them by totally disusing and neglecting the militia. He also clarified that under prevailing practice, the militia included all people, rich and poor, Who are the militia? They consist now of the whole people, except a few public officers. Um, Because all were members of the militia, all enjoyed the right to individually bear arms to serve therein. Hmm. So what's interesting about all that wording, um, it's interesting that George Mason used the term enslave. It's also interesting that he claims that the militia is for all people, rich and poor. But not all people white and black, um, because a huge part of the militia's purpose was to, in fact, um, basically keep guard on slaves. Mm. And another thing about militias at the time is that only white people could serve in them. So um, much like 
the kind of entire constitution and like the declaration of independence, uh, once again, when they say all people or everyone, they're really just talking about white men. Yes. Um, and in fact, like, thank you so much for bringing up slavery, George Mason. Let's talk about enslavement. Um, in the slave states, the militia was available for military operations, but its biggest function was to police the slaves. According to Dr. Carl T. Bogus, which is the funniest name of all time, (laughs) (laughs) um, who is a professor of law, um, of the Roger Williams University of Law School in Rhode Island. Shout out. Um, the Second Amendment was written to assure the southern states that Congress would not undermine the slave system by using its newly acquired constitutional authority over the militia to disarm the state militia and thereby destroy the South's principal instrument of slave control. The militia remained the principal means of protecting the social order and preserving white control over an enormous black population. Anything that might weaken the system presented the gravest of threats. This preoccupation is clearly expressed in 1788 by the slaveholder Patrick Henry. If the country be invaded, a state may go to war, but cannot suppress insurrections under the new constitution. If there should happen to be an insurrection of slaves, the country cannot be said to cannot be said to be invaded. They cannot, therefore, suppress it without the interposition of Congress. So Bogus, our, our man Bogus argues, um, James Madison, so the writer of the Constitution, mm-hmm. or not of the Constitution, of the Second Amendment, James Madison, the author of the Second Amendment, but also a slave owner himself, redrafted the Second Amendment into its current form for the specific purpose of assuring Southern states, and particularly his constituents in, in Virginia, that the federal government would not undermine their security against slave insurrection by disarming the militia. Um, when Virginia ratified the Bill of Rights in December of 1791, the Haitian Revolution, which was a successful slave rebellion, was well underway. And the right to bear arms was deliberately tied to membership in a militia by the slaveholder and chief drafter of the amendment, James Madison, because, ding, 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 only whites could join militias at the time. Um, so that is a little bit of backstory on the inherent white supremacy that lies in the, um, that like lurks in the spaces between the words of the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about some of the major Supreme Court cases that the Second Amendment has been pivotal pivotal to deciding. So United States versus Cruikshank in 1876. The 1870 Enforcement Act was designed to prevent mobs from keeping newly freed black citizens from their access to constitutional rights. In 1873, a mob that sometimes collaborate, collaborated with the KKK but would later be known as the White League and be a terrorist organization all on its own, um, murdered approximately 100 African-Americans who were trying to assemble for their right to vote. 
Three members of the mob were convicted of violating the 1870 Enforcement Act, including these black citizens' right to bear arms. Um, the court ruled the Second Amendment was designed to keep the federal gov- government from infringing on the right to bear arms. Therefore, state governments and other private citizens couldn't be charged with taking someone else's right to bear arms away. Um, the next case I want to talk about is Presser versus Illinois, 1886. Her- Herman Presser was part of an armed citizen militia in Cook County, Illinois, tied to the Socialist Labor Party. He led a group of several hundred armed citizens in protest and um, was found guilty of violating Illinois' state law, stating that unless you're part of a recognized volunteer militia, then you could not organize an independent militia. Presser argued the Second Amendment protected his group's right to organize to protect themselves from tyranny. The Supreme Court ruled that the Second Amendment protects you from the federal regulation of militias, not state regulation. So you'll notice so far the Second Amendment not doing a lot to protect black people or labor movements. Wonder why that is. United States versus Miller, 1939. So on Valentine's Day in 1929 in Chicago... Um, associates of mobster George Bugs Moran were gunned down in a garage and Al Capone was the main suspect because it was such a like high profile case. It stirred up a lot of, um, talk around the U S and so the Valentine's day massacre shifted the cultural conversation about what kind of guns private citizens, private citizens, unaffiliated with militias, have the right to bear. Um, In 1934, the federal government passed the National Firearms Tax, or the National Firearms Act, which posed taxes and restrictions and new um, registration laws on certain types of guns like machine guns and sawed-off shotguns. Um, This was to limit the use of and the spread of guns in organized crime. A man named Jack Miller was found guilty of violating this act by carrying an unregistered sawed-off shotgun across state lines. His case, his, his case reached the Supreme Court, and the court stuck by the legality of the National Firearms Act, basically stating that without evidence that possessing the gun has some reasonable relationship to the preservation of a well-regulated militia, the Second Amendment does not guarantee the right to bear it. Um, Which, actually, love that. Would love for us to keep that energy going with the Second Amendment. But unfortunately, that's the last time we see the Second Amendment really um, honor the well-regulated part of... And honestly, even the militia part. These things, um, those two... Key points of the Second Amendment drop off pretty quick. Um, so the three cases that I just talked about boil down to states' rights, but eventually the conversation turned to individual rights, and that's ultimately where we end up today. So how did we get from states' rights to individual rights to bear arms? Um, in 1968, there was a case, um, Haynes versus the United States, 
The National Firearms Act required people in possession of or transferring restricted guns um, to pay taxes on them and report the weapons to the government. So the Treasury Department could feasibly give info to state governments about registered banned or restricted guns and the people who own them could be prosecuted under those state laws. So the Supreme Court found this act violated gun owners' protection from self-incrimination under the Fifth Amendment and made the 1934 act essentially unenforceable. Um, And it's impossible to talk about the Second Amendment without talking at all about the NRA. So let's talk a little bit about our besties, the NRA, the National Rifle Association. Um, Before 1977, the NRA agenda focused mostly on hunting, conservation, and marksmanship. But after the Cincinnati Revolt of 1977, which is basically an event where the NRA shifted leadership, um, they decided to focus on individual gun ownership and a narrower interpretation of the Second Amendment. Um, They gained traction as a lobbying organization, shifting them from a bipartisan hobbyist group to a political powerhouse, um, and ultimately a very profitable one at that. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we talk about the District of Columbia versus Heller in 2008, that case found restrictive gun regulations were an infringement on an individual's right to bear arms for the the purposes of self-defense, setting precedent on individuals' rights and moving away from states' rights or any relation to militias. Um, And in the McDonald versus Chicago case in 2010, um, they found, the Supreme Court found the Second Amendment rights should and could not be limited by state government. Um, Today, the Second Amendment debate centers around individual rights to bear arms, but not much mention of militia and even less so anything well-regulated. After the Civil War, the National Guard took over state protection, making militias less central to American life and less central to Second Amendment interpretation. But the focus on individual rights to self-defense is not what the Second Amendment is about. Due to its vague wording, however, and the political power behind groups like the NRA, we are stuck forever in a standstill with gun ownership being considered a central, sacred, sacred American right and even value. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it is important while we're wrapping up this um, mistake of an amendment um a very simple amendments wording uh, shaping a conversation that it kind of had nothing to do with in the first place. And honestly, this amendment is the only thing that really gives the NRA specifically anything to stand on. I do think it's important to talk about the blood money recipients um, that the NRA bribes Mm -hmm. to... um, keep gun interests safe uh, in politics. So um, real quick, if you hear your representative's name, um, do maybe your best to vote them the fuck out or still call these representatives and tell them 
um, how you feel about them receiving this money and how you feel about gun regulation in your state. So Mitt Romney, Richard Burr, Roy Blunt, Tom Tillis, Cory Gardner, Marco Rubio, Joni Ernst, Rob Portman, Todd C. Young, Bill Cassidy, David Perdue, Tom Cotton, Pat Roberts, Pat Toomey, Josh Hawley, Marsha Blackburn, uh, Ron Johnson, Mitch McConnell, Mike Braun, John Thune, Moore Capito, Martha McSally, Richard Shelby, Chuck Grassley, Neely Kennedy, Ted Cruz, Lisa Murkowski, Johnny Isaacson, um, or Isaacson maybe, Steve Danes, Cindy Hyde-Smith, Roger Wicker, Rand Paul, Mike Rounds, John Boozman, John uh, Cornyn, Ben Sass, Jim Einhoff, Lindsey Graham, Mike Crapo. <laughs> is that his name, really? Or is it like Crapo or something? Um, sorry, Mike, except I'm not sorry because you're receiving an insane amount of money from the NRA. Um, Jerry Moran, John Barrasso, Lamar Alexander, Mike Enzi, John Hoven, Susan Collins, um, Deb Fisher, James Lankford, Jim Risch, Tom Scott, and uh, Kevin Kramer. Um, those are the current people in government receiving money from the NRA. Yikes. Um, a lot of, like, Johns and Richards, which is just... Sounds like Disney villain. <laughs> um, and it's also important to note that there is, like, direct evidence of not just countries, but our own states that have much stricter gun laws have way fewer gun deaths. It's not just, like, you know, we have other countries that we show evidence all the time of, like, Australia has really strict gun laws, and they yeah. don't have nearly as, nearly, nearly, nearly as many gun deaths as we do. Um, but, like, we don't even have to point outside of our country to see proof of this. If you look at states like Massachusetts or Hawaii that currently have very strict gun laws, um, they are the states that have the fewest gun deaths per year. And Massachusetts hasn't had a um, mass shooting in, like, 22 years or something like that. Wow. I'm not even someone who proposes that we should never own guns. I don't even believe that, personally. Yeah. I think that gun ownership in and of itself isn't the issue here. I just think that there's – we're way too loosey-goosey. Like, the amount of laws in place to get behind the wheel of a car mm – -hmm. But no, nothing comparable to owning a gun. Like, that's crazy to me. No, I agree. Um, and obviously, I chose this as the mistake to talk about this week because of the several extreme tragedies that have been going on in the mainstream media as of late. But it's important to remember that also there are mass shootings in the U.S. literally every single day. And not all of them get even any media attention because of how numb to it we've become and how normal it seems to have become that yeah. it doesn't even break into the news cycle anymore unless yeah. kids get killed. And even then, that has become common enough that it's not even, like, shocking to people anymore. Yeah. And, you know, to quote that famous Onion article, like, no way to prevent this, says country, the only country this ever happens in. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just 
face the fact that the Second Amendment was written by slave owners to keep their right to control their slaves and the wording of it to um, include a a well-regulated militia and all of that bullshit was just because black people couldn't join militias. And everything about the Second Amendment is just dripping in white supremacy and has actually kind of nothing to do with the individual sacred right to own a gun. And even if it did, the guns that they were talking about at the time were literally muskets that couldn't fire more than three rounds a minute. So, I don't know. Maybe it's time to update the file is all I'm saying. Um... Update the file, strengthen the laws, get me a gun. Because I'd look so hot with one. Yeah. Um, But. Agree, agree. Agree, agree. But make it way harder to get one. Mm-hmm. IMO. Um, my sources. Um, so the Second Amendment Wikipedia page as well as the Second Amendment um, page on constitutioncenter.org, as well as um, the Second Amendment page on britannica.com, crimeadvisor.com, and cdc.gov have information on um, state gun laws and state gun deaths. There is... Multiple lists all over the internet of, like, which senators are receiving NRA money, Um, but one website you can find it on is elections.bradyunited.org. So, yeah, those are my sources. Amazing. This episode was sponsored by the Pro-Con Control Super PAC. Um... (laughs) This episode sponsored by the NRA. Um. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by the official March for Our Lives organization. Amazing. Thank you for taking us on that educational journey. Happy to do it. Moral of the story. Fuck guns. Moral of the story. Fuck fuck guns. guns. Moral of the story, fuck guns, and fuck our slave-owning founding fathers um, whose word is not God, y'all. We can honor the spirit of the Constitution of, like, not letting tyrannical dictators take over without obsessively protecting, like, specific amendments that are completely culturally irrelevant to to us now especially especially if the way in which you're going to respect and like cherish this amendment is not even in honoring its like original intent or wording like we're not coming under like british empire fire anymore we're not like protecting <laughs> our like you know what I mean? Like, I do. It just doesn't make any sense. There's um, no rationale for it. Also, like, goes without saying, but also should still be said, that this is a constitution written in large part because we were desperately trying to legitimize this land that we stole. Absolutely. And so we wrote these constitutions and or the, the Bill of Rights and the 
um, Declaration of Independence and, like, you know, made all these, like, official documents to just kind of, like, draft up a deed for a house we stole. Yep. And um, I don't think that it's really on my priorities list to, like, honor and protect that with all of my heart. Agree. Um, let's maybe give this land back and see how the indigenous people of this beautiful country, um, where they land on what parts of the Constitution they want to keep. <laughs> I'm going to guess not most of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if the Second Amendment specifically is going to make the cut, but... That's, like, the one that they keep. <laughs> I mean, okay. They change everything except the Second Amendment. <laughs> if that's what makes sense to them, I simply um, will back them. They get rid of gay marriage and keep the Second Amendment. You know, I have Dutch citizenship. <laughs> I can go on and get, and they can do what makes sense for them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Next week, I'm going to talk about gay marriage, so we'll get into that. And how that was a mistake. Mistake. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. You know what? You know what? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, tune in for that next week. And in the yeah. meantime... Test your holes. Test your drugs. And kiss, kiss your, your friends, friends on, on the, the mouth. mouth. And, like, maybe just don't... Buy a machine gun. Yeah, don't. Just put it down. Just put it down. Put the AR-15 down. Walk on Walmart. Back away. Back away. And get put on some um, medication. Get, get, um, get a, what are, what are the fake? Get a Nerf gun. (laughs) (laughs) Get a BB gun instead. We'll leave it there. Yeah. (laughs) Bye.